Good afternoon and welcome to the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear more about the option of incorporating molasses into the winter feeding system for cattle. And Glenda Lee Allen Vossler speaks with Allison Sundstrom, the founder and CEO of CanCervex, a Canadian company in research and applying emerging technology in agriculture. The latest farm news and market numbers also coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler discusses the option of incorporating molasses into the winter feeding system for cattle with Catherine Lang, a livestock and feed extension specialist. Catherine, of course, when we're talking about winter feeding, it's one of the most costly ventures for producers but it's also one of the most important ones, right? Yeah, so your winter feeding plan and how you feed and how much condition those cows have really impact the rest of that year. It's going to impact the kind of colostrum that they make, could impact how big those calves are, and it's definitely going to impact how long it takes for those cows to cycle and be ready to breed again in the spring. It's more of a challenge, of course, this year, given the feed shortage. Definitely. Um, A lot of producers are using some lower quality feeds this year, which is fine, as long as you're able to get those cows to actually eat them and to blend it off with a higher quality feed. And when we're talking about blending it off, we're uh, a good option for producers in that regard is to look at mixing in molasses. Talk to us uh, about that and, and the benefits that we see with that. Yeah, so adding molasses to a forage can be a really good option for uh, quite a few reasons, actually. Um, One is going to be to improve those lower quality forages, so be able to get those cows actually interested in eating them. It is going to add a little bit of protein, potentially a little bit of energy, as well as a mineral pack if that is included. So you're going to get a little more nutrition out of those lower quality forages as well. Um, Another reason is if you are getting some non-protein nitrogen or urea added into that molasses mixture, you could get some improved rumen microbial activity because of that. And lots of folks do like using that molasses product because it does help decrease the dust if you are feeding some pretty dusty straw. And the cows tend to like it a little better. Um, So consumption seems to go a little bit higher with that molasses-treated forage. But you caution that molasses, well, it can be a good fit, especially in winter feeding plants. It's not a silver bullet. No, it is a really good option, but it isn't going to fix the fact that it is a lower quality forage. So it's not changing the fact that the straw is still straw or the slough hay is still slough hay. And we do have to be very careful about if animals are liking the taste of it and want to eat more there could be a risk of impaction because those higher fiber feeds don't flow through the rumen fast enough and you can get some impaction happening. So how much molasses should we be using and how do we go about mixing that in? So when it comes to how much molasses you need, you really need to talk to your sales rep. There's lots of different products out there and they all have different mixture rates and what that company in particular recommends. So we kind of leave that in the hands of the producer to make sure that that's put on properly. And some of those companies do actually come out and treat the bills for you. Um, Or you could do it yourself if you have the proper equipment. Overall, final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with people today? 
I would say um, some final thoughts here are just understanding that adding molasses to your feed really can improve palatability, decrease that dust, potentially get a little more nutrition into them. But it isn't going to replace the fact that you will need to add a higher quality feed, whether that is grain or whether that is some hay or some green feed, to get that protein and energy up high enough because the molasses isn't going to add enough extra protein or energy for the cow's requirements. That was Catherine Lang, a livestock and feed extension specialist. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. Now for a look at today's farm news. Predation is a significant concern for livestock producers in Manitoba. In 2020, a three-year industry-led livestock predation prevention pilot project was launched with the aim of reducing wildlife predation of cattle and sheep in Manitoba. Ray Bittner is with Manitoba Beef Producers and is the livestock predation lead. We've uh, been working for the last uh, year and a half on getting producers signed up who have had you know, larger problems with wolf, bear, and coyote trying to find uh, different mitigation projects that can help them reduce the the, the traffic of predators through their herds. Things like dead stock pens or uh, fox lights, which chase off uh, canines, are some of the things that we've been using. The working group has identified a group of risk mitigation practices, which will be analyzed to determine their effectiveness in reducing the potential for negative interactions between livestock and producers. And the Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program is a new initiative aimed at providing mental health support for farmers and their families. Jerry Friesen is a board member. There's been a need for some time for a resource for Manitoba farmers where they can get uh, counseling when they're experiencing mental health issues on the farm. It's something that um, I know we've had a farm line for a number of years in Manitoba, I should say a farm stress line. But this is an extension to that kind of um, resource where farmers actually at no cost to them will be able to access counseling with a counselor that has agricultural background. Farmers and their immediate family members can access six free confidential counseling sessions with a registered and skilled counselor with a background in agriculture. Appointments will be available beginning in March. Stay tuned. The Prairie Ag Wire is coming up. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Monday, January 24th. I'm Candace Dirksen. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler speaks with Allison Sundstrom, the founder and CEO of CanServex, a Canadian company in research and applying emerging technology in agriculture. The Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference last week featured some keynote speakers, including Allison Sundstrom, the founder and CEO of CanServex, a Canadian company in research and applying emerging technology in agriculture. In 2021, she was named as one of Canada's most influential leaders in agriculture. Glenna Allen Vossler took part in the webinar where Sundstrom talked to producers about the challenges agriculture is facing. I've started every presentation I've made over the past maybe 10 years talking to people about what the challenge that agriculture is facing. The world's farmers and ranchers are going to be called upon to double food production on the same or less land, to feed, fuel, clothe 10 billion with likely less labor, 
adopt more efficient and sustainable production methods, and adapt to climate change. That is uh, a pretty big challenge. I think the beef industry is facing perhaps a tougher go. We're under significant pressure from volatile costs and prices that we can do little to control. Climate change has a greater impact, I think, on the farm than most people even realize. And if you took a look at what's happened over the past year even, we had billion dollar climate events in BC and elsewhere that have affected farms, dairy farms, beef farms at a, at a, at a rate that we really never thought we would encounter. And the consumer concerns about animal welfare, disease, antibiotic use, and the environmental impact of livestock production has left us in a place where I think that if we have to do more with less and do so sustainably, we need a step change in innovation. And I think that technology or disruptive technology is the way that we have to go. She talked to producers about the survivability of the industry and the sustainability of agriculture in general and how technology could help. I have probably never been as irritated in my whole life when I hear the comments about efficiency in cattle, how don't drive your Hummer, uh, just quit eating beef. And for me, that is an approach that I think is quite ridiculous. So I want to talk a little bit about what sustainable agriculture really is, what it means to me. And uh, I think that this is probably the conversation that beef uh, producers have to have with everyone who buys our product, but also who will understand better about what livestock producers really are. And I consider that farmers and ranchers are the stewards of our earth. And most of us are on a mission to preserve our land for the next generation. And I think that some of the bad knocks that the livestock industry gets are not deserved. I also think that if we look at ourselves very frankly, that we have to change the narrative of the conversation that we have um, with consumers and with those that are buying our products. Now, I think there are some overlying concerns, carbon footprint of livestock, the sustainability of livestock, but there's some things that face us on a daily basis that can probably be resolved by technology. And I look at it in about five different areas. Uh, labor availability is a critical area for beef producers and anyone in agriculture. Um, the cost of labor is rapidly increasing if we can find it. And so I think that's something that we have to address and technology definitely can. Reducing our input use and the environmental impact can be handled by technology. And we also have a factor, our social license, our ability to operate can be improved through greater traceability methods, digitization, and gaining that consumer trust is something that we can do through technology. Food safety can be greatly enhanced by technology, as well as improved efficiency or reduced input costs, reduced uh, feed costs is probably the area that uh, 
could work as well as anything to reduce the overall cost of um, production. Now, I spoke a little bit about analytics, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. And one of the things that we used within uh, GrowSafe, and, and this was our tagline um, from the first day that we opened the company, we took an approach that we would measure everything that we possibly could. So we measured wind speed, temperature, humidity. We measured as many things on an animal as we could. We even developed candulated systems that could measure things um, like acidic contents within the room. And we measured everything we possibly could. We also then looked at how could we monitor effects within cattle. And we started monitoring cattle on a continuous basis, so 24-7. Using that data, and that data is essentially the data that gets stored in the database, that gave us the information we needed to determine benchmarking. How well were we doing in our operations? How well were our livestock producers doing within theirs? When we could actually collect enough data, it gave us the ability to start predicting what we think could happen. And when you have that predictive information and you have some insight on how you can make changes, you essentially start being able to control your future a little bit more so. And I call that insight. If you have this kind of data, you can mitigate your risk. And so in, in the cattle industry, you can't mitigate your risk from market pricing, but you definitely can mitigate some risks um, in, in your operation. But finally, and I think the most important thing that technology and data brings us is the ability to optimize. And uh, I think that if you have all of this sort of continuum of data, you have the ability to start automating certain aspects of your operations. That's Alison Sundstrom talking about ag tech investment in agriculture. She is the founder and CEO of Conservax, one of the keynote speakers during the Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email at thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. And now for a look at your farm calendar. Keystone Agriculture Producers has moved its 38th annual meeting to a virtual format January 25th and 26th. Visit the CAP website for agenda details and to register your attendance. Manitoba Agricultural Diversification Centre presents Potato Production Days January 25th to 27th at Brandon Keystone Centre. Manitoba Forage Seed is going virtual January 26th and 27th. Visit their website for a list of agenda items and to register. The Direct Farm Marketing Conference has moved online and is taking place February 1st to 5th. Visit directfarmmanitoba.ca for more information. 
An online beekeeping for the hobbyist course begins February 2nd at 7 o'clock. Sessions will be held every Wednesday, except on February 23rd until March 30th. Cost is $230, and you can register with the University of Manitoba Faculty of Agriculture and Food Sciences. The Manitoba Crop Alliance Combine to Customer Workshops begin February 6th to 9th, with sessions following February 22nd to the 25th and March 6th to 9th. Get all the details, including registration, on the Manitoba Crop Alliance website. Beef and forage days in Austin, Ericsdale and Grandview have been cancelled due to the current COVID situation. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. This is endorsed by the province of Manitoba and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. And now for another look at your farm news. A new initiative aimed at providing mental health support for farmers and their families is set to launch in the coming months. Jerry Friesen is a board member with the Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program. We're in the process now of fundraising. This is supposed to be at no cost to farmers. Our next step, of course, is to retain the services of some counselors uh, that will be spread across Manitoba to make it an uh, easier access for farmers, obviously. And then uh, the intent is to provide six free counseling session uh, for a farmer or for their family members. We're looking at hopefully being able to, and we're not sure what the uptake will be, but based on what we've seen in other jurisdictions, we could well be looking at uh, helping around 120 farmers in the first 12 months. Appointments will be available beginning in March. And in 2020, a three-year industry-led livestock predation prevention pilot project was launched with the aim of reducing wildlife predation of cattle and sheep in Manitoba. Ray Bittner is with Manitoba Beef Producers and is the livestock predation lead. He talked about the response so far. It's been pretty good. We have a number of people sign up. We uh, built some projects on a number of farms in uh, 2021. It was hampered a bit, though. You know, the drought definitely redirected livestock producers' thoughts to survival rather than, uh, than worrying about the predators. But the predators aren't going away, so we encourage people to get in contact with us. And uh, if you have predator problems, we'll work with you. The project will help producers most affected by predation to develop individual risk management plans while also supporting broader industry-wide efforts. That was your farm news for today. I'm Candace Dirksen. And we've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email at thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. I'm Candace Dirksen and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. We'll meet you back here tomorrow at 12 o'clock.